0: This week on the recruitment flex, me and my sisters got to go to Shelly's house. CEO's getting paid too much or just right. DE and I will need to transform in 2024. Plus, feels like hybrid work will disappear in 2024. TRF with my dad and Shelly starts right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, you look relaxed and ready to go. How was your Christmas?
1: It was the closest to perfect that I can remember for a long time. And I have to give credit though, Serge, you know what kicked off my holidays? was you bringing the girls over and to see how excited they were to open presents. (laughs) Oh, you
0: overdid yourself again. The (laughs) girls were so excited. Like (laughs) Mallory and that Taylor Swift era's tour sweatshirt hoodie. She loves it. She wears it all the time. (laughs) The girls quite enjoyed. I don't know how long we stayed, but they couldn't stop playing with your boys. It was a pleasure meeting, Parker and Chandler for the first time and you did a really good job because they're quite exceptional young men and it was interesting to see I saw an interesting (laughs) dynamic so Parker and Chandler were like kids in the sense that they love playing with the girls
1: they did and
0: Brooklyn was great with the girls too as well but I saw more apprehension with Brooklyn than I did with the boys they were all over playing with the (laughs) girls
1: Chandler's dying to be a father He loves little kids, loves, loves them. So yes, they talked about the girls for like days afterwards and how cute they were and their cute little voices and (laughs) they're so well behaved. So Brooklyn even said like, you know, if it was girls and they're that easy to manage, like maybe I would think about ever having kids because right now she's terrified of children. Terrified. Yeah, no, and I get it. They're going to throw up on her or something.
0: They enjoy going out. They enjoy meeting new people. So thank you. It was really good to spend that day with you and to meet your boys. Finally, it's been too long. And I saw the joy in your eyes. (laughs) How was your New Year's?
1: Oh, my God. So maybe this is an omen, like for me personally, (laughs) for 2024. In my circle of girlfriends, we've got our first grandma. Oh. So. I went over to my girlfriend's place for New Year's, and of course, the baby was there. So everyone's doing the midnight, Happy New Year. I was holding the baby
0: <laughs>
1: How old and was having the baby? baby cuddles seven weeks. Oh, so cute. Yes, he's just <laughs> tiny. So I was having baby cuddles at midnight while everyone else was having champagne. I was like, yeah, you guys got it. I- I'm just going to enjoy this moment. So no so champagne
0: and making out for Shelly, just no. baby cuddles. Baby cuddles. It. But knowing you, Shelly, that is like the <laughs> perfect scenario for you on New Year's Eve, I think. Oh, it
1: really was. It really was. It was really special. What about you? Did you make it to midnight?
0: Yeah, I did. I was Come the ahead. only one. We did a couple of celebrations. So at the Science Center here at yeah. noon, they had a countdown. And after there's like thousands of balloons, it was so loud. It's in a room with 2000 people and thousands of balloons and kids just going crazy. But it was fun. The girls loved it. Then there was fireworks at our local lake. We enjoyed that. And the girls nice. went to bed by like 930, which is way past their normal bedtime. You know what, Shelly at like 11:50 I'm like okay what channel is going to have a local channel that's going to have some type of countdown or at least in Canada there was zero I couldn't find anything at all that had a countdown so the clock turned midnight and I'm like all right I'm going to bed
1: <laughs> that's so sad I'm so I know. sorry <laughs>
0: We've got a lot to cover, Shelly, and uh, we do have a really busy 2024, so how about we jump into the news? One of the things I wanted to talk about, this happened before Christmas, but we didn't get a chance. It's the Wayfair CEO basically telling its employees, work harder, which I get, but this goes after a year that we saw it from, I think from Herman Miller, from Better.com, just really tone deaf messaging from CEOs of companies. So let me just cover a little bit what happens. Wayfair CEO Niraj Shah sent a year-end message to Wayfair's 14,000 employees, emphasizing increased market share and profitability, stating the company is back to winning. Shah encouraged workers to work long hours to the extent that work and life becomes inseparable, suggesting that dedication and blending work and life are essential for success. So yeah, it, it caused a little bit of an uproar. This became public. It made the news everywhere. My first impression was like, uh another tone deaf message from a CEO that doesn't know better. But if you dig in a little bit deeper, he's not 100% wrong. The company is in a way better financial position. They did do layoffs in 2023, but they ended up the last quarter profitable. But a lot of companies are struggling right now. I don't blame the CEO wanting the workers to work as hard as they can and be as efficient. I think where he lost me is that work and life becomes inseparable. If you're going to do that, let's just not even think about our parents or even when we started work or our grandparents. But today, in today's reality, to say, hey, I want you to put everything into this company I'm not sure that it's realistic. And if I'm going to work hard, I'm probably going to do it for my own purpose. But anyone coming into the workforce and trying to get ahead, you got to do it in a corporation, right? So pushing those extra hours and doing everything possible to be the best employee, it's not a bad thing. But Shelly, what was your overall take on this?
1: Do you know, I think where he lost me was his final statement saying, and I quote, there's not a lot of history of laziness being rewarded with success. So it was a bit, I don't know, passive aggressive. It was so unnecessary because, do you know, if you're going to work for his company, Wayfair, this to me is like a good example of employer branding. That's yeah. what's expected of you. Yeah. So if work-life balance is important to you, then don't work there. In a way, I applaud his honesty. I just felt, you know what? You should have stopped there. Yeah. (laughs) You should have stopped there. You did not need to throw in the inference of laziness. Did nobody in their marketing department or public relations read this? Because again, you can't ever think it's not going to go public. So yeah, I don't criticize him for demanding people work hard. And hey, if you don't like it, there's lots of places you can work. And you should, right?
0: I I think this message is shocking to a lot of people in the workforce because Mm. he's basically going back to a message of maybe 20, 30 years ago is, can't be lazy. You got to work hard. This is how you get ahead, which is not completely inaccurate. But I agree with you the minute that laziness creeps in, you put people's Mm. back Mm -hmm. against the wall, it it creates some
1: challenges, right? Mm -hmm.
0: So we'll see how Wayfair does. Have you ever bought from Wayfair, Shelley? I've you have. Them for
1: years. And then I stopped because of the quality of the products. Okay. The last two purchases I made, I think they came with warnings that the wood has been treated with a known cancer causing agent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never fucking ordering from here again. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just not the quality I was looking for. Well, talking about tone deaf
0: CEOs. Shelly, what's our next news?
1: I know. This was all over the news this week, going into the new year, that another record-breaking year for Canada's richest CEOs. In the first working day of the new year, the first half hour, actually, (laughs) of the first day of the year, Canada's 100 highest-paying CEOs will have already earned – More than what the average worker's annual salary is, which the divide of what a CEO makes and what their employees make keeps getting wider. What I loved, though, was there was a wonderful story kind of embedded in here about a Canadian CEO who has ensured that there's no more than a 10x difference between his lowest paid employee and what he's paid. What's interesting, though, of course, is we know that most CEOs income, because this isn't salary. It's not like they're yeah. getting $151 million in salary. What they get <laughs> is dividends. What they get is stock options. And the value of those go up every year. If they do most, a good job. If they do a good job. Yes, exactly. There are examples of, I guess, moral consciousness of some CEOs, but certainly not the top 100. They are earning so much money, I don't slight them. I wouldn't mind being one myself.
0: Hey, this is, no. pre- this is pretty much where my head is at. Really, I'm not offended by CEOs making more money than the employees. There's a reason that like star football players or a specialized nuclear medicine doctor makes more money is because someone is willing to pay them that money. So. <laughs> Isn't it what capitalism is? And I know it offends a lot of people, right? You see the CEO making 150 times more money than you are, but it's all relative. It's relative in the sense of what people are willing to pay you and what your demand in the market is. And sure, you can go out and hire a cheap CEO. You can hire anyone and pay them 100K if you want to, but are you really getting the best talent? Because when you're looking at CEOs, Usually these people have options. They can go be CEOs or senior vice president at other companies and it's across the world. You're really competing with a worldwide market. So yeah, they can demand what they want to get paid. And like you mentioned, a lot of the incentives are performance-based. If the stock does well, they do well.
1: And if there is incentive, like why would you slight someone who, say, took a company from 150 million in revenue to a billion dollars. They should be rewarded. If you know how to do that, my God, yes, that's the kind of money you're going to be earning. If you can take a company from what it was to where it is now, then yes, you share in the rewards. Simple.
0: Yeah, I think it's a natural instinct to villainize CEOs in one way. But I think we forget how impressive some of these CEOs are. It's not a job that most people can do. So yeah, move on. I'm not <laughs> that hurt by this. Get <laughs> yeah. on them.
1: Yeah. So now on the flip side, when we look back on 2023 surge, there was an awful lot happening in labor disruption, as in unions. And I don't know if you remember, of course, you remember One of our guests early last year talked about how his prediction for 2023 was going to be the rise of labor unions. Mm. And he was super close. The number of strikes and work stoppages, work negotiations, what we saw happen in the US in the auto industry was staggering. The actors' union went on strike. Yeah. The length of labor contracts is shrinking. You know, it used to be they'd negotiate once every five years. Now, companies are signing only one year, two years at a time, which is a very interesting trend. This particular piece of research just talked about why 2023 was such a banner year in recent memory anyway, certainly in our working lives. We've not seen so many strikes and work stoppages.
0: I was reading the article, and one of the things that stood out to me, Shelley, this is specific to Canada, when they talk about inflation-adjusted wages. So it wasn't until mid-2023 that average inflation-adjusted wages, also known as real wages for all work- workers, were finally higher than they were in January 2020. However, that's largely because of wage growth among non-unionized workers. Unionized workers did see an increase in inflation-adjusted wages this year, but their purchasing power remains below where it was at the beginning of 2020. Like I went to Starbucks and I got a coffee and chocolate milks for the girls and cake pops, and it was $30. Inflation is absolutely insane right now. So we're still not meeting to a point that people are better off. But what I found interesting here is the wage growth came from non-union here in Canada. Is there a correlation? Is what's happening with the unions causing other employers to look at their wages and increase them? I don't think so. I think what's happened is the employees are demanding it and they're seeing their cost of living. And we're still in a very tight labor market where new employees have been making more than they were pre-pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I making sense, Shelly? Absolutely. I think what we already know that we don't have enough workers to fill roles. So the smart thing for employers to do is keep who you have. Employee retention is actually really smart because attracting new, unless you're in high growth mode, is a very expensive venture. It's not free. (laughs) Growing your company is not free. However, we're going to see a shift is probably in the next three to five years because by then, the new Canadians will have their feet on the ground. We mm. are bringing in skilled workers. And, and Canada's doing a great job to bring a lot of people. Those new Canadians will lift up, like how they say, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's what's going to happen because we now have enough population to fill those roles and everybody moves up. So speaking of, you got one more news here for us. Do you, search?
0: Yeah, I do. I want to talk about new HR laws that are coming into effect this year. And there's a whole bunch of them. But Mm -hmm. um, reading this article, I'm just focusing on the ones that are applicable to the workforce. I thought this one was interesting. So modern slavery law requirements, private companies and government entities must comply with the Modern Slavery Act from January 1, 2024. It basically requires reporting measures to prevent child or forced labor with penalties, including fines up to $250,000. Interesting one. Mm -hmm. This one is talking about new Canadians and new students coming in reforms affecting international students. So the higher cost of living financial requirements for study permit applicants used to be $10,000. So for you to be accepted to come to university or college in Canada, you needed to have $10,000 in your bank account that has been increased to 20,000. And I think it makes sense like $10,000 in Canada. Like it's not even a month of expenses. It feels like with the cost of rent and all these factors. So having a little bit more leeway, I think is really good. There is a new accessibility plan for employers. So federally regulated employers with 10 or more employees must have an accessibility plan ready by the summer of 2024. Employers with at least a hundred employees are required to publish an annual progress report by June 1st, 2024, and again, these are federally regulated employers. They work mm-hmm. with the government or a contractor. For The other one is the pay equity reform. Federally regulated employers with 10 or more employees must publish their pay equity plan by September 3rd, 2024. Amen. I love anything that's pay equity or pay transparency. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the province really quickly. So, Nunavut. The territory of Nunavut, which we have never talked in the show. So the minimum wage increased from $16 to $19 per hour from Jan 1st. It makes a lot of sense because if you've ever been to the North, the great white North, um, The real white North, yes. The real white North, It is extremely expensive. Everything is expensive. Mm. A bottle of Gatorade is $12 to give you an idea. Ontario, we've talked about this before, the licensing requirement for temporary work agencies and recruiters assigning staff to work in Ontario. It starts July 1st, 2024. And our friends in Quebec, stricter language criteria for Quebec experience program for temporary foreign workers or foreign students. Basically, if you're going to Quebec, you better speak French or the language police will come hunt you down. That is what we have in the news. Shelly, do you want to jump into the tip of the week?
1: Yeah, the tip of the week brought to you by Plum. Plum knows that when people flourish, business thrives. Using science-backed insights, Plum aligns human potential with job needs, allowing you to build high-performance teams from a single platform. Ideal for improving hiring choices, identifying future leaders, and offering personalized career advice. Plum supports the entire employee journey from hire to retire. Discover more at Plum.io.
0: Love our friends at Plum.
1: So let me share with you what I came up with for our tip this week. So you remember the book? Love it. It's called Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout by Tracy Lovejoy and Shannon Lucas yes they talk about people who are kind catalysts. of pioneers in their thinking catalysts that's what it was it was catalysts so i found the flip side of this whole notion that a catalyst is somebody you bring in specifically to shake shit up like to move fast break shit and and move on like just leave never intended to stay for a lifetime in a company. So there was an interesting article I found that talked about how to, the art of managing flakes at work. So it was interesting because how you deal with someone who happens to be perhaps highly intelligent, intuitive, yet they march to the beat of their own drum. We've got two choices. Either you bring them in intentionally To accomplish something that seems impossible to the average worker, or you struggle with how do you manage and force them to fit into the mold that you need them to fit into? Because they can very often be seen as disruptive. Yeah. So this article went on to say that most CEOs will just say something like, give them enough rope to hang themselves. My tip of the week is figure out who on your team, your recruitment team, are those that are maybe you are calling them flakes or maybe you're calling them catalysts but figure them out and harness the power of somebody who i believe has a specific purpose within your team
0: i love it because there's a lot of recruiters that are either catalysts or flakes and how do you manage it and how do you take advantage of it so great tip of the week Shelly, I want to jump into the recruiting insights, and the recruiting insights are brought to you by Matova. Shelly, are you tired of the same old outsourcing woes?
1: Well, say hello to nearshoring. It's like outsourcing, but closer, and it won't make you pull your hair out.
0: Picture this top notch IT talent from Latin America.
1: Many Latin American IT professionals have strong English language skills and even live in the same time zone. So no more midnight conference calls. Hallelujah. Plus, Latin America's growing tech ecosystem, strong educational institutions, and a pool of skilled IT professionals make it the perfect region for recruiting talent. I have
0: the perfect company that does this. The company's name is Metova. They have local experts who handle everything from recruiting to HR support.
1: So why settle for the same old Outsourcing Blues, when you can have the nearshoring party with Mitova. Look them up at
0: mitova.com, and let's get the fiesta started. So Shelly, we're back. I've been reading a lot and listening to a lot of podcasts, and a constant theme that I saw was the discussion around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the question has been raised is – diversity, equity, inclusion debt. So before I I go on, I want to be very clear on something. The goal here is to have discussions around how we can enhance diversity, equity, inclusion, because fostering diverse and inclusive workplace, like data has shown that these workplaces are actually more successful. But Let me set the stage. Past few years, we've seen it, Shelly, from every conference we've been to. And companies worldwide have been investing significant resources to showcase their commitment to diversity and inclusion. But is the current approach really making the impact? we hope for. We're seeing organizations really cut back on their DEI spending. Between May 2020 and October 2022, companies made $340 billion in commitments to improve equity. However, in the past year, companies have begun easing off. So it's been different initiatives, but there's been layoffs of DEI roles. We're talking about JPMorgan Chase, Yum! Brands, American Airlines, Lowe's, and BlackRock. And they've been altering the language and their di policy. So, unfortunately, capitalism and altruism is it's not blended together. And basically, I want to open the discussion here Shelley of like how do we change the approach and what has failed. So I did some research and I'm going to give you a couple things that I think where it failed. So one of the things that critics argue is the lack of standardization. There has been no consistent standards in practice. There's a wide range of approaches. It's led to confusion and skepticism about the effectiveness of DEI initiative. The other thing has been really performative actions. Companies said they would do something. They haven't done it. They haven't put their money where their mouth is. And there's been ineffective metrics and measurement. We're in a hard economy. If you can't prove that it's brought value to the organization at the bottom line, like I'm not talking about people feel better about working there or it's a better environment. If the numbers don't show that, CEOs have been cutting it. So Shelly, sorry, long diatribe, but how are you feeling about this?
1: I think we talked about this not too long ago and I do agree with some points, and I really believe that I think we said right from the start when we saw how many companies were committing billions of dollars to this without a clear outcome. Yeah. So I know you've been in sales your whole professional life, and if you don't have a goal, and if you can't measure it, then you know it's going nowhere. And again, I know this is I'm sounding like a broken record here, but if assessments were used properly, then it would screen in and screen out people based on what's going to have them feel like they belong and part of the inclusion. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think anybody is surprised. I love the points that you brought up about there is no standard and there's no measurement. You can't call actions performative until you look in the rearview mirror, right? Yeah. Like they came out with good intentions.
0: If we look at equity across the board, and you nailed it, I think the biggest thing we can do is put the foot on the gas pedal when it comes to skill-based hiring, because this is the only way that we're really going to hire on skill, not what people look like. And truly
1: diverse. Like, it'll come yeah. naturally. Because you're hiring for skill and not based on where you went to school. So you're right on the totally on the right track, so Shelley,
0: when we talk about okay, whether or focus as a recruitment flex, one of the things in twenty twenty four we're going to talk about is skill based hiring and pay transparency. And that is our solution to a more equitable workforce. And I think these are things that can actually happen. I'm setting the stage for 2024, Shelly.
1: Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I have a good news story I want to share.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: There was a wonderful report, and you know me, Serge. When these reports come out, I love reading through all 87 pages and seeing what is the one little nugget that that I want to share with our audience. And I was reading this report done by Deloitte. Deloitte does some really good work in analyzing workforce, but it was talking about, again, skill-based organizations, and they gave a real-life example that I wanted to share. IKEA implemented artificial intelligence for their call centers, which resulted in over 10,000 call center staff being retrained to now be design consultants and again utilizing ai to supplement and reskill their call center staff so rather than calling the call center when when you've got like where's my package how long's it going to take like all that's automated now right. when you call they're using ai for the call center agents to be able to give you suggestions and advice, like somebody's calling about a kitchen or they're calling about, will this thing fit in my room? And what's the proper scale? They're using AI to give them scripts on how to help customers that call in as design consultants. Absolutely brilliant. So what I took away from this, from thank you very much Deloitte for this report, is if people are trying to scare you and say that AI is going to take your job away, Here's Ikea showing you exactly how AI just upskilled over 10,000 call center agents.
0: Yeah, and and put them in jobs that they're probably going to like way more, right? And we have another report from another big five. Mm. Do you want to cover that? I know. We?
1: So much fun. Sorry, I'm a geek. <laughs> the Future Workplace Index 2023 report by Ernst & Young. It was very lengthy. There's lots of great slides. Mm. Boy, they're graphic designers. <laughs> Oh my God. Like it's very well done. But there was really just one piece that I wanted to just share with the audience because I know throughout 2023 we kept feeling like remote work was disappearing. And what this research proved, it wasn't just a feeling, it's true. They reported that in 2022, like 20% of jobs were fully remote. And that number dropped to 1% of jobs that are fully remote. So it was a huge drop. Now, hybrid is the one category that has increased. In other words, when you're still required to come in the office, but you have that ability to work from home. But fully remote jobs are, according to this research, are really shrinking.
0: Yeah, it, it matches with what I've been feeling or hearing or seeing. It's definitely mm-hmm. less and less people that are working fully remote. I think hybrid numbers jumping up was a blip on the radar because it was the first step of having those people go back to the office full time. It's going to be interesting to watch in the first month of 2024, How many companies start dialing back? Oh, you're working from home twice a week. It's going to be one. I think most companies are going to be zero. So it's going to be like two to zero, three to zero. So I think the hybrids are going to drop. It's going to be a tough year for people that want fully remote jobs. Yes. Shelly, on that Mm -hmm. note, a couple things. So we really appreciate our listeners and we have worked on a listener survey that If you've listened, please fill it out. It would give us great insights on what you think is working and what's not working because we want to keep improving. We want to make your listening experience even better. So Mm Shelly, that will be coming out on Friday. So please, everyone listening, if you can take two minutes of your time and fill out that survey, I would greatly appreciate it. And on that note,
1: bye-bye. Au revoir. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com. Mention the Recruitment Flex and get 10% off annual plans. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called